The Baptist and the Buddhist, identical twin brothers with two vastly different faiths. Join them as they explore their respective religions and how they differ and how they relate. Same DNA, different religions. Hey everybody, this is The Baptist and the Buddhist. And we are live today with Season 2, Episode 2. And we have some great stuff lined up today. Um, we're going to the movies. Oh, man, I forgot to make popcorn. Oh, man. This is, <laughs> this is soul crushing right now, actually, because I love popcorn. If you Let's don't know, popcorn is movies. my favorite food of all time. It's okay. Yeah, popcorn is my favorite food of all time. No, I know it's okay. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're little doves of corn. <laughs> in Spanish, it's palomitos. No, it, literally in Spanish, uh, the word for popcorn literally means little doves. Oh, yeah, that's right. Day mice, which is of corn. So, so guys, we're going to go to the movies today. Um, so, quick, get in the car, grab your tickets. Sneak in your candy. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, first off, I want to uh, introduce our uh, our guests here. I'm Mark the Baptist, and this is... Brian the Buddhist Brian, the Buddhist um, if you don't if you're not familiar with our podcast we've been doing this for a season and two episodes and um, how about you describe what our what our podcast is all about Brian our podcast is a conversation between twin brothers of different religions so this is a a coming together and a dialogue uh, learning together about our our uncommon beliefs, I should say. Uh, and finding common ground as well. Yeah, that, of course. I mean, you can't forget that. And, you know, we're, we're uh, trying to just have a conversation. And all of this is really an organic conversation between the two of us. And like you guys are seeing it live, like we're literally live now since we're doing live shows. But hopefully it works. Um, I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I do see that we are live on Facebook, I believe. Um, so, <clears throat> and YouTube. If so, my phone correct is correct. Good, and we're also on live on Twitter, guys. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we're a million places. Um, I'm gonna just throw this out here now. You can find our um, all of our stuff on the on every almost every podcast app you can ever imagine like uh, you can find us everywhere and you know you guys are found us here where you're listening or watching us right now so um we're on youtube facebook instagram we have a huge following on instagram for some reason even though none of our contents content gets posted there but um but for some reason everyone likes i'm gonna turn up the volume uh on our on the stream side just a little bit so um yeah oh shoot us emails too we like emails um we have our email baptist and buddhist at gmail.com check and, it out and where where are we all streaming from exactly like which platform so right now we are right now we're on youtube facebook and twitter so check us out there if you have not if you're on facebook get out of there and get on youtube just kidding stay there um <laughs> Um, so, uh, we're, we're live on those things and then eventually they will get posted on the other thing. So, um, so today we're talking about 
movies. What in the world are we going to talk about movies for? Like, why movies? Everybody loves movies, right? I mean, who doesn't love a good, a good, you know, movie night? Um, exactly. I mean, and, I know I do. You know, movies have, for the past hundred, hundreds, hundred years, um, have influenced, or I guess religion has influenced film, and. And I mean, we're going to explore that. How does our religious following affect affect the movies we watch, you know? And there's such thing as, you know, especially in this, in American culture, there's a great uh, expansive genre of like Christian film. Yeah, and so, I'm definitely going to get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah, I think definitely, I mean, any part of life it can be it can be um, influenced by um, different faiths and religions. And I think we definitely see that in movies um, and film in general, you know, television shows. You go on YouTube and everything is out there. Like there are content creators that are, that's what their job is. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. So. I know. I was just about to say there are content creators out there creating inane, long, drawn out content. I mean, like like the Baptist and the Buddhist nonsense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's, they just won't shut up. <laughs> They've been doing it for too long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they should get a job. <laughs> or they should get jobs anyways so um where do we want to start we gave each other homework by the way yes we i had th- to watch each other's favorite film filmographies films of our faith genres if you will yeah we you can put it in that category yeah we both assigned each other like some some form of video media pertaining to our faiths um yep yep i've been looking forward to this one for so long ah, i know <laughs> it's it, and it was it, it it definitely took our podcast a different direction to um just like behind the scenes because like we actually like instead of scrawling out notes and stuff like hey watch this movie it's like oh, okay i can do that that's easy <laughs> Yeah, and so we are going to delve into those choices that we made and explore. Do we want to do that that first, or do we want to do that after we get into the topic a little bit? We can get into the the topic a tiny bit. Okay, okay, definitely. And I was kind of looking forward to that as well. Um, Because movies, film, like, I'm just going to start, really. Um, Go for it. In the Christian realm movies can be kind of controversial to be honest like some some uh christian denominations and sects don't watch tv at all so Hmm. like when you get into the the topic of movies like it's kind of a touchy subject in some circles and you know even getting into circles that do watch movies like what movies can you watch and can't you watch so it, it all gets uh it kind of gets hairy every once in a while. 
Um, but in my circles, because we're talking about our faiths, movies aren't are not necessarily a bad thing. You know, like n- nothing's technically bad, and nothing's really bad unless you're using it for bad for for a sinful sense. Um, so movies in, in movies in a in a in a, its principle is not a bad thing, and we see good being used all the time in movies. Um, outside of Christianity too, you see good movies. Um, and what makes a good movie? That's up your to your discernment usually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of ground rules for kids. You know, don't have too much violence you know cursing and nudity and um weird stuff like you just don't want children to be exposed to that and i think in a christian sense we don't want ourselves to be exposed to that to things we shouldn't necessarily have coming into our eye gate and our ear gate um so as we talked about in one episode the the different gates and influences and stuff like that um so i mean i love movies i i might sometimes i might love movies too much like they're just fun to watch i get into i like really invest myself into them i invest my uh like i put i try to put myself in the the movie and like try to try to make myself the main character and like maybe that maybe that's to a fault sometimes i get too invested or something you know i think it's I think that's really interesting because I'm almost the opposite unless it's like some established franchise that I really like. I it's hard for me to get into movies and I'm too. No, that's so true, though. I'm too. I'm sometimes I'm so analytical and I just like, oh, they want to evoke this emotion in this scene. Okay, I see what they're doing. And I just like (laughs) look at the man behind the curtains like I know what you're doing. Clever, you know, and. I mean, movies have formulas, like yeah. every, like even books and stories in general have formulas. So, and they do like film is very unique in that they do try to evoke emotion, even down to the music in films. It's all about delivering that emotion, like making you feel that scene. And maybe like I let it influence myself too much in that case, but <laughs> I, I, lo- I just love movies. Like movies are f- supposed to be fun in most, in some cases, um like tv shows too i like ones that don't take themselves too seriously sometimes like stargate i love stargate they don't make they don't take themselves too seriously it's kind of ridiculous sometimes and that's what i love about it you can just watch it and have fun um whereas like other shows might get really serious and deep and and like mind-blowing sometimes like i think of lost like we we grew up watching Lost. You know, Lost didn't take itself too seriously, though. Like, it that, really very true. poked fun at itself a lot. And, you know, just, I mean, like, the creators, one of the creators of Lost went on to make the show The Leftovers, which is super, super good, first of all, and has that kind of feeling of Lost, but like an HBO version because it's very dark, very brutal graphic and it's one of those shows that takes itself too seriously i think and and i think there's a fine line you know to walk between that yeah 
there is a fine line and especially when we get into our faiths and those shows and and television shows and movies and all that like there could definitely be a fine line within christianity i think a majority of anyone who's ever like seen a quote-unquote christian movie knows the they know the signs of a christian movie it's going to be cheesy most of the time it's going to be low production weird frame rates like weird lighting um i mean i've been part of i've been part of some movies out there um with within those realms and maybe we tried to get away from that but it was low production movies anyway so you got you're always going to have that but um honestly when it comes to like these christian movies most christian movies have the mission in mind and what's the mission in christianity is is to spread the gospel spread the good news of jesus and how he died for our sins rose again and we just have to believe on him but some some of these movies uh, try to tell a story but cram in that message like all in one and sometimes it just doesn't flow and i can't blame the the christian film industry for you know having low budgets i mean where do, where will they get their money um a lot of a lot of shows are don't are a lot of uh those movies are like donation based and mm. uh wherever they wherever else they get their money and wages like i don't know it's sometimes it's a you can't blame them for the low production but like a lot of times like i just feel like they could be doing better um and i've seen so many bad ones and i usually like now like i try to stay away from the like the mainstream christian movies because i always i'm always disappointed in the production quality and you know and the story construct too and i'm not trying to like criticize them i'm not trying to like bash that industry i'm i just feel like it has definitely its own qualities to it so here's a question you know what i'm saying if, if you understand here's a question for you are there good christian movies i think there definitely are and we'll get into um we'll get into my choice that i made you watch and see where the uh standards are these days in christian film and see where they should be going um, and I'll mention some like uh, some honorable mentions as well that I didn't really discuss with you um, prior to the show, but I, just some things like where what makes a good Christian movie, what, what makes a good movie in general, but what makes it a good Christian movie while still holding true to the principle of the message and to the the honorable the honorability of the production as well, because with christian standards you will there are some things you just can't do in a christian film and mm. that's out of principle and out of uh ethics and standards um but you could still make a good movie without it. and i've seen good non-christian movies staying pretty close to those standards and ethics too so it goes both ways kind of um so yeah the christian film i don't i don't even know what else to say on that um without getting into the next segment so um let me how, let me touch buddhist films yeah um, no, go ahead you you do you do what you want 
Yeah. So like on the flip side, like, I mean, we live in a very, uh, kind of Christian influenced country, at least here. I don't know how prevalent it is like over in other countries, this like Christian film, uh, conglomerate, I guess. Um, but you, you don't see that in with Buddhism for obvious reasons, because it's such a minority religion in the U S but, um, so there could be a lot of Buddhist films out there, but I just don't know about them. Um, <laughs> so when movies came up, I thought this would be a great topic, except there are so few Buddhist movies that I know of. Um, yeah, and I know of some up this topic. I'm like, what is he going to do? <laughs> Why is I know, he so like, excited about this? <laughs> like I've, I, I mean, there's like seven years in Tibet and little Buddha. And like, those are like the first two that I always see brought up. And uh, let's be honest. I haven't even seen them yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but and I, I've seen, I've come across things on YouTube that are like old documentaries or like cartoons. Um, so there's that, but there's n there's no kind of filmography of you know any substantial amount that I can touch on. Um, if the viewers know of Buddhist movies that are just you know must see. Please let us know. I would love to get more, <laughs> more things to watch. Um, yeah, shoot us an email, comment. Yeah, let us yeah. know. Please. Let us um, know what you've seen. There's also an aspect of uh, of Buddhist movies in the in the sense that uh, I mean, Buddhism is very like a very in vogue type of subject. You know, mindfulness, meditation is just a very it can get very like watered down in a romantic way. Um, and so you see a lot of that enter popular culture and TV and movies. Um, the first thing that that comes to mind when I think of like Buddhism in TV is like the good place, which is one of my favorite shows and it touches on so much philosophy and, and also touches on Buddhism because of the philosophical aspect of Buddhism. Um, and it, it's, it's a very playful show. Uh, and the way they implement themselves too seriously, right? Yeah, they do not take themselves too seriously at all. And, but it's a very profound, like deep show when you like, after you watch it, even though it's like laugh out loud, stupid, funny. Um, but it's, it's a really good mix of, it's that fine line we were talking about earlier, but, um, and they touch on a lot of Buddhist concepts throughout the show that I just find really interesting. Um, but yeah, that's about like as much as you get in the popular sphere of movies and TV is just like touches on Buddhism. You know, if, if you're watching a show and there's like a cool kind of, you know, on the edge character who's just weird and out there it's like oh yeah he's buddhist you know like <laughs> <laughs> or oh, like of um, you I know mean, you, you see get that a lot with like eastern even just like a general eastern character like they're like edgy or oh cool yeah or something you know they're doing yoga or something yeah and... yeah yeah martial arts and stuff 
Yeah. Or sitting there shirtless in lotus position with some malas chanting or something. And it's always like. Yeah, okay. it's a mystique about them. Like, whoa, they must know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, in reality, we're sitting here like, oh, my leg's cramping. <laughs> <laughs> See, we need to add some realism to film. No. Yeah. And that's right? kind of what I um, like you were name dropping some films. And for some reason that made me think of like actually some films in mind. And like, I'm, I'm probably not going to name drop a few, especially with the criticism that I have for some of them. But like, I remember one film that was like very, like very unabashedly like a Christian film. It's like, this is going to be like the, like it's going to be avatar quality CGI and like it's like whoa this sounds legit and it's like it's gonna show like all these biblical events and it's like dude this is gonna be sweet and then when you watch it it's like 75 percent people talking a documentary and then like clips of the cgi clips that they're explaining and it was kind of cool but it's like i wish this was like an actual film like they they made it up to be like that and it was like wow all in like i was all in and excited and it was kind of a disappointment i mean i enjoyed watching it for the subject matter but like the production that they they like i think there's a lot of competition in the christian film world to get up to par to like hollywood like i know there's a a, a cgi like a kid's film in the making and they're supposed to be like Pixar quality and it looks good so far. I think they're like, like, uh, like crowdfunding it or something, but like, and it's going to be out there and it looks good, but like, you never know until you actually see it. Like, is it going to be, and it doesn't have to be Hollywood, I guess. Like, does it have to be Hollywood quality? Yeah, maybe not. I've seen yeah. some good and bad ones. So let's be honest. They already, they already did the Pixar thing with veggie tales. So <laughs> I, I, no, Veggie Tales was the original. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's a that's a good one to mention. Like that, like almost everyone knows Veggie Tales, and that's a Christian-based cartoon series. And like, there are some big names out there that that people might recognize. I mean, um, what are some of the big Christian movies in the past that I've I've Passion of the Christ. And seen Passion of the Christ. That was a good one. Now, here's another thing with a lot of Christian movies. They might, they never stick directly with the Bible. And, you know, that's understandable because there's not a ton of detail in the Bible sometimes. There's sometimes is, there's sometimes not. And they take creative licensing. Um, Passion of the Christ, I thought was really good. They did add in a lot of extra biblical, like uh, Catholic references, mm. um, which may not be exactly biblical but like to see the crucifixion happen and that quality was like heartbreaking for millions of christians like wow this act this happened like this like the amount of gore and blood is probably not even enough to describe it but um but that was that that was a very good one um very good example and and i know they tried to kind of play off of that with a few other ones like uh the apostle paul i forgot what movie that was what what title it might have been just called the apostle paul or something and then they did like like the bible ad there was a a mini series on tv called the bible for a while um, oh that wasn't was, that on history channel or something 
It might have been, yeah. It was decent quality. Um, wasn't my favorite depictions of biblical events, um, but I. Uh, there are some non-biblical event movies like you know Fireproof and um, there's a oh man I forgot the really famous uh, football movie that everyone loves uh, that I think it might be Facing the Giants unless that's not a Christian movie I think that's the Christian one I'm thinking of everyone loves that and uh, and that's more those two that I just mentioned are more in the like the lower budget like Christian film industry versus like what History Channel does with like the bible and uh some other stuff out there um but uh yeah, yeah sometimes it just seems like they are trying too hard to get to the hollywood standards or whatever um hollywood even tries to get in on the bible action like noah the movie noah that was kind of ridiculous that was weird um, <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i'm i could see where they got some of those ideas from extra biblical texts which may be in dispute may not be i don't know um some of that stuff is weird though <laughs> the rock giants the rock giants yeah that's not the that's not the nephilim of the bible if you if you know what i mean <laughs> no. uh, i think there's some other ones that that like hollywood tried to get in on um that i didn't even want to even think about i did like um oh what was it called there was one that was based off of the easter story basically and it was uh following a roman soldier like basically from the point of view of the roman soldier i thought that was pretty good hmm. um but i'm gonna go into the next segment as we segue into this unless you have anything else you want to add nope let's do okay. it okay so um speaking of high quality and I like to think of this as high quality um, because I'm very impressed with the production quality of this film uh, piece. And this is actually a series I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about. And I had, I had Brian watch a couple of episodes of the series and it is the chosen. Almost anyone in the Christian world will know or recognize what, what the chosen is because they've seen it or heard about it from lots of people or internet, Facebook, whatever. Um, but the chosen is a series that was, that's a hundred percent donate based donation based. Um, and it is high quality to me when it comes to Christian films and biblical interpretations on a camera. Like to me, it's enjoyable. It's, uh, for the most part biblical and really well made i think um especially compared to other uh other bible movies and stories that have been made um because sometimes they cast the wrong kind of person for jesus it might be like an australian actor or um or like some british guy and he's just all like boring and speaking like thou hast done this and like it's just like kind of like boring like okay you didn't have to like literally take the king's english from the king james bible or anything and put it in jesus's mouth on screen um but the chosen does it differently the chosen in season one it follows mainly 
um, the, the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. We see it from a lot of perspectives. We see it from the, the, um, his disciples. We see his disciples kind of behind the scenes in their own lives. A lot of like creative licensing has been taken to show what their lives were actually like, but it's not out of reason. It's not without, it's not out of the boundaries of what actually would have been, what it would have been like. Um, you see like uh, Peter and Matthew and their struggles in life and how they come across Jesus as he's bringing his disciples out of seemingly random people. And it's like, Hey, follow me. And it's like, what, like, why are you, why do you want me to follow you? And it's like, I'm the Messiah. And he's, you see the, uh, the, the struggles in their minds, like, wow, like, why would he choose me? Why? Like he's the Messiah. Like, this is this is crazy. Like I never would have thought I, I would see this in my lifetime. And so it's kind of very dramatic and uh, it's, it's very much a TV drama. And you see the struggle within the group of disciples too. And that's kind of cool to put, I, I guess, to sum it all up, it, it's, you get to see the humanity of the Bible played out. Um, even the humanity of Jesus, which we, uh, through our past discussions, we see Jesus is fully man and fully God. So he still has the human side of him. And some of his, uh, some of the way that the producers made his, uh, made him interact was just like pure genius. Like, I don't, I don't know if I show, I had you watch the episode that I'm thinking of, but like there's one where they like go into like an inn or something like to stay the night. And it's like, there, there's uh, like a, a uh, superstitious guy that owned it. It's like, oh, my grandmother died in that room. Like, so you might not want that. And Jesus is like, Ooh, I'll take that one. Like, it's just like, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's like classic Jesus or something. Like it just puts a, it just puts a human aspect to Jesus. Like he wasn't always all serious. He had fun. So, and uh, Brian, I think the first episode I had you watch was the episode two, or th was it three of season one called Jesus Loves the Little Children? And yeah. it was all basically children discovering Jesus's camp before he even started his ministry. And um, it's been a while since I've watched that, but that, that one always stuck out in my head as like one of my favorite episodes, just because of the way he interacted with the kids and how much like the kids enjoyed being with him and he enjoyed being with the kids and teaching them. And oh, wh what did you think about that episode, Brian? Yeah, I thought what you were saying about the humanity of the characters, like it was pretty refreshing to see that portrayed. Like, you know, he's, you know, a woodworker and he's like building little toys for the kids and out of wood. And, and it was, yeah, I, I just thought the the acting also in the show is actually really good. Like it's pretty I mean, I'm not it's very critical is. of acting in general. So maybe mm -hmm. take my, you know, movie reviews with a grain of salt, but mm -hmm. <laughs> but I've 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 been impressed with what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think refreshing is a good word for it too. Um like in one episode you see like you don't see Jesus in the whole episode because he's like healing this line of people that lined up to be healed. And you just see his disciples in the background, like, you know, arguing and bicker, bickering or whatever. And at the end of the episode, Jesus comes through their camp and he's like, like exhausted, like, 
I just need to go to bed, guys. Good night. And it's like, wow, yeah, he probably did work hard, didn't he? Like, he probably did have that human exhaustion of just being, like, being just the, even the social interaction. Like, you, people get exhausted from that, too, like, mentally. So, oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it was, it is really refreshing to see a human side of, of the portrayal of Jesus, at least. And, uh, I mean, there's not, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into each episode or anything, but I saw, I also had you watch episode, uh, an episode of season, was it season two? I don't, I, yeah. I don't even remember which one it was. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, uh, yeah, this episode was following, uh, a, uh, a, basically a crippled man, um, I believe that's the one we watched, right? And and with the uh, bath in in the uh, the pool in Israel in Jerusalem, was that it? That was one of them. I think that was the one I watched the first half of. That okay, was okay. a perfect opportunity, right? I think so. Yep. Yep. And the other one was. Um... I think the other one was in season one. It called I think it was called like indescribable love or passion or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it showed. The, uh... Oh, go ahead. Uh, there was a crippled man in that one too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And the leper yeah, was in that... that one. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that was the one where they like break broke through the roof, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that one because it showed the um kind of like the overwhelmingness of Jesus's ministry with the people. And apparently the actor felt way out of his element because like all these people are watching him as he like preaches the words Jesus would have preached. And he just like felt really out of his element because it's like, wow, like this is what it would have been like for Jesus. And like, everyone's like, Oh, well, what's this? And I like the portrayal, like the, the portrayal of the kids coming to watch him and Matthew's on top of like, they're sitting on that roof. That was just really funny for me to watch. Um, but again, it shows the humanity of not only Jesus, but his disciples and the people who would have heard him too. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was one of my other favorite episodes. The the uh, what what did you think about that? I I don't want to interrupt you. I know I'm rambling most. Um, <clears throat> I just like how like amongst even like just amongst his disciples, like how like their relationships feel very organic. Like they, you know, like if, you know, if you're with coworkers or friends, like you're going to kind of pick on each other and, you know, joke to each other, you know, and make fun of each other. And that's what they were doing too. Yeah, and if you ever get deeper into season two, you'll see some strife between the disciples too. Like, mm. you know, people are people and some people don't get along with each other. And some people want to fix that. And, there's just so i think the show almost has like too strong of personalities almost maybe but i think it's to to emphasize the humanity of everyone that was involved um the other episode that i wanted you to watch was um it was unique because it was mainly following this guy that we've never really seen before and it was uh it was following his story of just living a crippled life and uh and he was like not motivated and there's this pool 
that was in Jerusalem that people would get into and it would boil up every once in a while and they would think that would heal you so they just hung around there and like it was just basically kind of a cesspool for lack of a better word um of of people like sick people and uh it followed him and then like it follows jesus and his disciples going through jerusalem and he like jesus knows he wants to go see this guy to heal him and uh the the act of the healing and everything and afterwards it was just kind of almost funny to see the how he how a human would react to getting healed and like the the politics of the pharisees and everything in in town it was just really interesting to see how they played that out um but in general the chosen has good a good bearing on quality uh biblical teaching for the most part like they don't like try to shove it in every episode like like you need jesus like believe on jesus right now like they they kind of like just show you the facts of his ministry and it's i think that's what we sometimes forget what film is it's to tell a story a lot of times it ha- the story has a message behind it but this this story is to convey what life would really be like for Jesus and for his disciples and to, uh, to, to show Jesus's love through that. And I think the chosen has really raised the bar for quality, quality Christian entertainment. If I, if I had to put a uh, phrase to it Um, and they done it all through don't, purely donation based um and they plan on continuing for like a ton of more seasons um they just came out with a a christmas special back in december or november whenever that was Hmm. um how it all started was this guy um dallas the producer the creator of it made a short film for uh for christmas and it was like the the birth of jesus through the shepherds perspective hmm. the shepherds go like they follow the star they see the angels and they follow the, the they they i don't know if they follow the star but uh they go and find jesus and it was like a short clip and from there he went on to make all these seasons um and they brought back the original actors from that special from that short film he made years ago and made a full length episode of the Christmas story. So that was kind of cool that they did that. And they did that all secretly like, Oh, by the way, guys, we have a new episode coming out in theaters for you guys to watch. And like, it came out in theaters first and it's just kind of cool to see how the operations uh, going, but, um, but I'm probably way off topic now, but um, some, I think with, other christian films like i've seen this quality a little bit in some other ones i know there's a movie about uh the the christian singer rich mullins it was called like ragamuffin or something that was really decent and like well made not cheesy like most christian movies um and it just kind of followed his story and he was kind of you know he was kind of a in the realms of christianity a weird guy 
like, you know, he didn't wear shoes and he just wore like t-shirts and jeans and he would sing at these churches and play the piano and guitar and everything. And he kind of like made it, made waves through his, uh, through his presentation, but that movie was really good. I've seen a couple other movies, but I don't think anything's ever like touched the chosen not to like, I, I feel like I'm like now like fangirling this show like oh it's the best ever like you should only watch the chosen but no like it's as a, in the christian film industry this probably is like the pinnacle so far i would think but um but it does come with its issues you know from my dispensational views like he kind of try, is trying to de-emphasize the uh the message of the kingdom like oh it's not about ruling it's it's not about that it's just about love like some some other jesus movies do that it's like no you were jesus was preaching the gospel of the kingdom for the coming king kingdom and preparing israel for the tribulation and the coming kingdom so i think they kind of get the message mixed up a little bit but i mean it's with the chosen what they've done is they're strictly sticking to the life and those events and not necessarily necessarily the message. Hmm. So I think that's kind of where they get it right with the, with the message there um, in their portrayal. But that's just my two cents. Any, any other thoughts about that? Cause I've been rambling about it. <laughs> oh, I don't really have much else to add. Um, I'm are, glad are you, you brought watch, up. Oh, I watched the rest of the season. For the series, <laughs> I actually might. It's it was pretty entertaining. Um, yeah, you should. I I was curious about that the healing bath because uh, I was very confused <laughs> what was happening. Yeah, and I don't know if it's directly biblically referenced or historically, but there I know it's referenced in the Bible that there's this bath that they that they would want, go in to heal, and uh, apparently it would bubble up um i don't remember the time frame i'm i retained none of this information when i learned about it but they would think like once it bubbles up like it's time to go in because it's going to heal you and it was just like a, a superstitious thought because you know they had tons of sick people crippled and they thought they would be able to be healed through that so they just jumped in and uh would do that um, i think that's one of the historical um angles from for that bath hmm. um but yeah it, it was kind of it would be kind of confusing to watch it it's like when the world was happening yeah i mean i got the gist of it that they thought it was like gonna heal them but i guess the nature of the bubbling i was like okay so this is a public fountain like what's the big deal yeah I don't I don't even know the story behind it to be honest. Like I don't know enough about that. Like why did it bubble up? Like I don't know. I I'll have to look into that more. Just being yeah. transparent, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they didn't Joseph's... have that there when I went into Jerusalem, so <laughs> oh it, yeah, I think the chosen was very is very well made um i'm impressed with the quality of it 
Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I'll I won't belabor the the uh, topic too much on the chosen. It's a this really is, good show. I really like it. This is the Baptist and the Buddhist, brought to you by the Chosen. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, special thanks to Dallas Jenkins, he's the creator of it. Shout out. He emphasizes himself too much sometimes on Twitter or whatever. But so um let's let's jump over to you because I watched a, a very interesting documentary that you sent my way. What was that all about? What was that? So my chosen uh movie for this episode was the documentary film of uh called Walk With Me. And so Walk With Me is a documentary that uh, came out in 2017, and it followed uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese monk and activist and writer and poet, and his his plum village, uh, his tradition that he had kind of built up in France. And it wasn't an educational documentary it was very much kind of an experiential documentary that kind of just it was very meditative um and i know when i first saw it uh there was like limited release special events uh that you could you know buy a ticket and go see it in the theaters and that was the most calming movie theater experience I've ever had. <laughs> it didn't help that the seats reclined and like, it was amazing, oh, but man, yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, it's, I don't want to say it's auspicious that I chose this film for this, um, but it's strangely timed because about a week ago, I think it was a week ago, Thich Nhat Hanh actually passed away and um, he was 95. So he, he lived a, a good life and really left a legacy. Um, I mean, he's one of the biggest name Buddhists out there. And, and he, you know, he was an activist in Vietnam and was, you know, exiled from Vietnam during the Vietnam war. And, um, you know, a, a, a peace activist, I should say. And he went to France and, you know, f founded a, his plum village, you know, monastery and retreat center, um, which is thriving, um, and is an international now. Um, and this lovely documentary kind of just, kind of just takes you through, you know, a day in the life kind of, of, of Plum Village and what his traditions about. So, what well, what are your hot takes on this? So, I I didn't really know what to expect when going into this documentary, and really, like all I knew was the title and the. Uh, I noticed the subtitle was like a journey into mindfulness or something like that. That's like the description of the documentary. I'm like, okay, and like going through it, like some of the shots are just like a five minute shot of a sunset or something. It's like, huh? Interesting. Like I could see why this is about mindfulness. Um, I found it very interesting 
that like I was expecting a little more emphasis on the guy. Um, and like, really, you didn't see a whole lot of him in the documentary. You saw his village and the the people there and like basically his effect on the village. Um, so it, it's it was kind of like all about him without showing him that much. Like we did see him, but less than I expected, to be honest. Um, yeah, I found it very interesting. Um, I know they did go over like every once in a while, they, they'll like teach like the viewer or even the people like visiting on their retreat or whatever it was like about the monks there and like what they do and what they're allowed to do. It was really, really um, insightful to see what, how their lives go. Cause you always hear about like monks in a monastery, but like, what do they do? Like, how do they live? Yeah. And that it was, it did like kind of like the chosen, it kind of brought a humanity to the whole to the whole picture yeah and um I, yeah go um, ahead yeah no you can go ahead <laughs> no uh, yeah it, it just brought a humanity to the whole picture and uh seeing their outreach as well because like they would go uh to like prisons and talk to people there um i mean i'm fairly familiar with prison ministries just by way of hearing about it from all these christian ministers and missionaries that go to prisons to teach and preach but like you never i've never been exposed to like uh, buddhists going out to do the same thing hmm. so yeah it's interesting to see that yeah there is a sense of outreach within the buddhist community um um and not not in the way that like you know what you might have like a stereotyped idea of what Christian ministry is. Um, but it's like the founder of the temple that I go to, um, he passed away last year, uh, as well, just, I think in December, maybe November. And he, his, a really big part of his practice was, uh, also, you know, prison outreach. Uh, he was a prison chaplain. And from what I understand of, of that is, you know, you really like teaching meditation. Um, that's a huge part of like the practical outreach of Buddhism is, oh, well, you know, here's this, here's this practical practice that can help you in everyday life called meditation. And, um, and just, you know, the kind of areas that come with that, but, but yeah, um, I, uh, some parts in the film, like stuck with me for whatever reason, like the one where that guy like, is like, Hey, you look familiar. Like, where do I know you from? And it turned out to be like one of his old coworkers oh, yeah. from, the, from the distant past. It's like, Oh, we worked probation together at the county or something it's like oh, that is so weird like and they were like um, from america in this in this retreat like they just happened to meet there like that was really weird like what like small world um, yeah that was that was just that was just kind of cool to see yeah i i really enjoyed that as well um another part that stuck out with me was the contrasting scene of 
I forgot what it was. I think the the um the monks were just like walking through somewhere and like there was a, a Christian street preacher, which like sometimes it can be a little bombastic and especially if they're more um if they're more zealous, if you will, like they're really they can be kind of almost spiteful. Um and mm. like you know, street preaching in general, like I don't have a huge problem with it, but when you get very confrontational and just like starts arguing with people and like uh, start, uh, you forget the love aspect. Uh, it kind of turns into just kind of a spatting argument or like, I don't want to say hateful, but it almost does seem to come that way. Yeah. Vitriolic. There's, there's a time and place for it uh, from my perspective, but I don't think it, it gives a good image of like what the love of Jesus is all about. Uh, and re- I mean, I don't want to get too um, like lovey dovey because there is accountability and there is authority in the matter, but there are different ways to go about it. I'm just, just like the prison ministry, they go in there and they talk to the people. Um, I, I uh, encountered this when I was taking some criminal justice classes a long time ago, there was a preacher that would come into a drug court and that guy was just like really personable. And like the way I saw him interact with these, uh, with these people that were in trouble with the law, with their drug problems, like he he understood what he was doing and like just to see his interaction with the people it's like okay this is what like ministry should be and that wasn't like a gospel ministry that was just a ministry to get these guys on the right road and like just seeing that an interpersonal interpersonal like communication happening and his his uh his demeanor like i think that was a good show of like of compassion whereas Mm -hmm. some of these street preachers nah they they might yell too loud <laughs> yeah i mean i, I think i think it's it's important to point out that it it wasn't just the the street preacher though i mean yes he was out there but the people on the street were reacting to him as well very as vitriolic um yeah that's very true and and yeah the contrast is of the monks just sitting against a wall meditating um or walking or whatever they were doing like really uh, i I think illustrates the uh i don't know for me it kind of showed i mean one a level of maybe even compassion you know what what's a compassionate thing to do to yell back no like what's gonna help you know um but also also kind of a level of like relinquishment of especially a relinquishment of views you know you see these you you see this person out here you know kind of antagonizing the public and you could react too and you might have this uh you know an instinct to react like oh i'm gonna but you stop yourself and like yeah is this the most skillful thing to do though and you just yeah. have to like, you know, let that I need to be right. You know, you, you just put that to the side and it's like, 
the most helpful thing right now is like to be a figure of of peace and calm you know yeah i think like just being a a person a, a nice person like that just having that mindset goes a long way um instead of reacting um try not to react especially emotionally like that's one thing that um <clears throat> that i think biblically like don't react with your emotions because emotions and heart um like the the heart of your emotions will always not get you to the right place and a lot of times you think back and say okay i really shouldn't have said that like it's not thoughtful like you're not being thoughtful enough to be able to react when you're just going fueling yourself off of emotions so that's just my that's that's like my take on it but yeah, i think um, that's one thing that your christian tradition shares with buddhism is this idea of of you know being aware of your reactions and not and like and taking control of them kind of like knowing it's kind of a wise discernment knowing when to react and when to withhold that reaction you could yeah and you could like pause and formulate not a reaction but a response and whether that response is you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna even like approach this it's that's you know the kinder thing to do would be to you know turn the other cheek yeah and uh and i mean there's a time and place for like a christian to speak in truth but we're also supposed to speak in love we're supposed to live peaceably with all men as much as we can and i think uh i think it was in proverbs like answer like answer not uh a man according to his own folly but the verse next to it it says answer a man according to his own folly so like you you gotta you gotta choose what you're about to do like choose your battles wisely and i mean don't make it a battle to begin with um just speak the truth in love that's that's all we can do um and use discernment definitely <laughs> yeah there's an aspect of right speech in buddhism where it's not just speaking truthfully but it's speaking like it's speaking gently and timely you know when to speak you know when to speak what and yeah yeah there's a huge emphasis or there's a passage i think it might be in james about the tongue and how that can be used and how powerful your tongue is and um i mean i wrote a song based off of words and and what you speak it's called apples of gold because the bible says like let your i forgot if if it's let your tongue or let your words be as apples of gold placed in a in a picture of silver like it, it shouldn't be hastily thrown out with no regards and there's there's like talk about poison maybe maybe this will be another episode about words and tongues and speaking and stuff. yeah oh yeah that would be a great we're, topic. we're getting kind of off topic <laughs> uh, so back to walk with me um yes yeah yep. i thought it was presented really interestingly the way you kind of described it on on the 
uh, on your intro to it was really good. It was more of an experiential film because, like, uh, like to me, it's not what I usually watch. Usually watch, so it's like you just kind of watch it, like, huh, okay, and like, <laughs> where's the narration? Where's the story? There is none. It's just like you experience what you're seeing. That was really there, interesting. Like, the, and I think way to de- deliver that the the narration that is in there i think are poems from Thich Nhat Hanh, uh yeah, yeah narrated by benedict cumberbatch but yeah um, <laughs> but some big names yeah <laughs> but i think um i think the documentary did a really good job of kind of experientially exposing you to like aspects of like Buddhist practice of silence, stillness, like there's this level of like kindness and compassion that you see throughout this very attentive mindfulness. Um, I know there were many shots of Thich Nhat Hanh leading the people on a mindful walk uh, through the woods with nothing else. It was just that you know no soundtrack no narration yeah and it really like like they didn't tell you what was happening they just showed you and you're like oh i think this is what's happening like that i think that that way to teach through film it was really genius like to just show it and you kind of pick up on what's happening yeah and i liked that we also saw very like human sides to what was happening um and i love the uh i love the plum the plum village tradition of like the bell ringing every 15 minutes and i was gonna i was just gonna mention that yeah and you you know you take that moment to stop and you know bring your awareness back to your breath or you know you know the present moment Mm -hmm. um even if you're playing playing music with a group and the bell rings and they're you know they'll take time and uh you know meditate and think and then like after that's done like they're like okay i guess we get back to it like yeah it was very human there was a very human side to that yeah and um i mean take not han's tradition is very is very full of these kinds of uh things where you know he'll say like oh use the ringing of the telephone as a mindfulness bell you know like let it ring like three times before picking it up you know giving you that pause instead of just oh gotta answer it it's gonna be like okay oh yeah i i pause i you know where am i how am i you know what am i doing okay now i answer or i've heard uh suggestions from him of like every time you walk through a door use that as a as a moment of of mindfulness you know it's like how many times do we walk through doors we don't even remember you know and that just brings a mindfulness remember why you went into the room (laughs) (laughs) maybe this will help (laughs) yeah no kidding (laughs) but i just i just love that love that they have a bell that rings every 15 minutes um and there's even apps where you can have that happen like you set a mindfulness bell for 15 minutes and 
you use wow. that throughout your day, you know, man. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a very interesting film. Uh, it definitely had a different pace, especially when you like compare it to the chosen where it's like a drama, like fun excitement. And then like you watch walk with me and it's just like, like way different approach to a film. I really liked how our choices like were two different flavors. Like it was, it, it was a good variety in the, uh, in the choices there. Yeah. I think um, a very pertinent thing from Thich Nhat Hanh is that he takes the, like the five Buddhist precepts and kind of rewords them into very like, modern reaffirming approaches and he takes the one that really is coming to mind is like the fifth precept of not taking intoxicants and it's like oh don't drink alcohol but no like Thich Nhat Hanh is like you know I will vow to you know be mindful of what I consume uh, whether it be food drink or entertainment through TV and magazines and books. And he really like, through this, it's like, you know, you, you are mindful of what, of the kind of media you're consuming. Is this skillful? Will it help me become, you know, more kind and compassion and mindful? And like, it doesn't necessarily rule out watching movies or TV, but it makes you question like, is what I'm like watching like really good for me? Like is, mm. you know, and will I watch this and all of a sudden, you know, like if I binge watch all the Fast and the Furiouses or something like, you know, I want to just go out and drive fast, cool cars afterwards, you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't, you know, I mean, if that's the case, there's more work to be done other than just stop watching things, but there's definitely the same principle within the, within Christianity and watching films. Like, is this really like good for my soul? Is it good for my spirit to like consume this or am I, is it, am I, is it going to like hinder God's spirit within me? Like, am I going to take like all my attention away from God and onto other things? Or uh, like, you, it, again, it's up, like you need to use your discernment for these things because there's not a checklist like, oh, no, can't watch this movie. Can't watch this movie. You really have to, sometimes you have to do your research. Sometimes you have to just think like, should I watch this right now? I don't know. Like maybe I shouldn't do that right now. Mm. Um, and I mean, there's like all these like apps and stuff like that will filter out all the bad stuff. Like you can click like no violence, no nudity, no swearing. And it'll like filter all that stuff out of your, the movies you're watching. So you can watch your favorite Hollywood movies without getting tainted or whatever. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's just life and it's just portrayal of realistic realism so yeah you know i don't know it's all it's all up to your own discernment um definitely with some guidance sometimes but yeah with speaking uh, of uh, oh no go ahead i was gonna go off topic for a second and kind of like move the conversation away from this (laughs) okay i was just gonna say like 
like from Thich Nhat Hanh's tradition, um, it's, you know, it's, it comes from the Zen tradition. So it's a little different um, than what I'm used to with like Theravada. Um, and you see that in the, in the documentary where you see like monks playing instruments and that's, that's like, wow, I can't believe they're doing that, you know, in Theravada. Ooh, no. Um, but I mean, but there's a, there's like a beauty to Thich Nhat Hanh's, uh, tradition because, um, and he's really like a forefather of what's called like engaged Buddhism, where it's very, like, it gets into like activism and, you know, trying to make this world a better place. Um, and you even have examples of that. This is a little off topic, but you have examples of that from many different Buddhist traditions in, in the East where, you know, trying to preserve a rainforest, the monks will symbolically ordain trees and wrap robes around them. And like the locals are like, Oh, we cannot cut these down. That is just unthinkable. Um, but like Thich Nhat Hanh is doing something similar with his uh, tradition of, you know, more along the lines of social activism, you know, with, uh, with his piecework, um, you know, and um, I believe like Martin Luther King Jr. had met Thich Nhat Hanh on, on many occasions w with like peace activism and whatnot. And, uh, you know, human rights and so there's like the engaged Buddhism aspect is like really, I think brings a lot of life to what Buddhism can be in these, in these days. Um, especially when, you know, sometimes people look at old traditions like that and, think it's a little antiquated and stuffy when really it can be a force for good change, you know? You know, um, that, that's, that's a good point. Like, um, even from like deriving this idea from the chosen, <laughs> like such a dramatic movie, but the creator tries to do something. Um, and he, he does deliver, I, I guess I will retrace my steps. He w does deliver a message but it's not usually like it's not usually just directly like jesus will save you from your sins his big thing was be different or get used to different like that was the line from the from the show like it's one of the disciples or something's like well i that's not how we used to do it it's like and jesus is like we'll get used to different like things are going to change <laughs> Because like obviously we're not going back to the old ways. Like things are going to be different since the Messiah is here, um, and like it's it makes people th think about like what they're doing and like maybe we should get used to different. Like even in our own culture today, like maybe we should we could change things, and even just within the realm of christianity on how we do things to make it not necessarily better but change the tune i don't want to say change the tune change the delivery to be effective or to affect change i don't know something like that but his his messages that he tries to push out in this show are 
kind of broad, but like makes you think and like it, it does, it, it, it is, it is different. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I want to move this conversation just a little bit to kind of like go into an outro. So we watched, we talked about all these movies, all these shows in within our faith realms. Um, and obviously these are kind of like our favorites. Like, Hey, I really want someone to watch this one. Cause it was our favorite. It's my favorite. <laughs> but what is your favorite movie and or TV show outside of your faith realm? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I already mentioned the good place. Um, that's just a hilarious show. Um, like, what do you like to watch? Or even <clears> man. YouTube, I don't care. <laughs> um, I mean, YouTube is just a lot of like Dhamma talks and stuff. <laughs> but um, I mean, movies like The Lord of the Rings is one of is a cinematic masterpiece that I don't <laughs> yeah. think will ever be topped to be honest um, yeah. um and you know you mentioned lost before and that's one of the greatest shows in existence i'm sorry um but <laughs> <laughs> but uh what do i watch on tv these days i don't know like what we've have been, you been watching we've been watching uh what is it called homestead rescue where it's a lot of homesteaders living off the land um needing some help around the homestead you know some important aspects failing and the hosts of the show are just characters but <laughs> um i feel like i've watched something else but there's the wheel of time you know there's a lot of mythological and religious nuances in that show uh <laughs> I said outside of faith. <laughs> uh, I guess you just live it. <laughs> I guess. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, it feels like there's something else, but I can't really think of. I don't really watch too much TV. I mean, that's I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, I have to echo your uh, your movie choice. Like Lord of the Rings, definitely my favorite. Like I that's what we grew up loving and I still love it. Um, I mean, you could get a little spiritual with it, especially with like going to like Tolkien's life, um, which I still haven't seen the movie Tolkien yet. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But um, yeah, I love that. I, man, I, I, I can't even think of any other movies that I really have watched or like lately. I mean, I like watching like the Marvel movies. I haven't been caught up on them and they're just kind of like actiony fun movies anyways oh i just remembered an amazing show that i watched a couple weeks ago and okay it's called dispatches from elsewhere and it was weird but it was so good um i don't even know how to describe it like <laughs> some like random random people on the street like literally uh would find those little flyers on the on the electrical poles with a little number that you take off and you rip mm -hmm. um and they're told to go to this place and they're kind of like inducted in this like weird kind of scientific you know 
in, endeavor. And is this fictional or? So that is the kicker. It's based off of true events, and it's <laughs> wild. I cannot recommend it enough. And it's such a great show because there's a lot of like mystery, and it does not take itself seriously at all. It's very funny and just outlandish and weird. Oh, wow. Um, but it brings strangers together. And it's like, in the end, it's really about, you know, that bond, you know, of friendship. And it's just, and the ending is just even, even more bizarre. Um, what can you, where can you watch that at? Oh, I think it was on like AMC or something. Okay. So I don't know, like what streaming, like, I think it was through like AMC plus or discovery plus. Or, I don't know. I don't know. I can't keep track of the, all these streaming services. Um, okay, gotcha. so maybe Hulu, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was I've... so good. And there's a documentary that covers the actual, like what happened. Um, and it's beautiful and bizarre and it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, TV shows. I've uh, I don't know. Wheel of Time was like the last like really like them- thematic show that I've watched. I think um, I had I, a I long guess haul. The Boba Star Fett Gates. show too. But... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All the Star Wars stuff too. I had a long haul with all the Stargate series, but right now I'm simply watching to catch a smuggler, and it just it's a uh, you know one of those. I don't want to say reality shows because it's just kind of like a docu-series on the on customs and border protection in the United States and homeland security investigations. It's a it's actually really enthralling. I I love the uh, like the law enforcement investigative kind of shows, um, especially when it comes to like the the big picture kind of like the the federal side of things. Like I, that's just my jam. I don't know why. Um, but that's what I've been watching lately and it's very entertaining. Hmm. Oh, I think the last movie I watched was, a uh, Netflix's new movie. Don't look up. And it's, it's sad, but kind of funny, um, because it covers like the reality of like, of of the media and and the hardships that scientists have with like communicating with the public and in a in a way of like i don't know if you have if you've ever seen idiocracy where it's like oh this is like a satire but wow it's way too real um like people are really just dumb (laughs) um (laughs) but don't look up was also was along that those lines um it's pretty stark (laughs) I'd be remiss to mention one of my favorite, like, go-to, just, like, relaxing, have fun show, and that's Shaun the Sheep. It's a kid <laughs> show, claymation. Uh, it's just the best. That's, like, probably one of my all-time favorite shows just because of, like, the innocent, fun nature of it. And, like, there's no – there's, like, very little dialogue, and it's very, just very colorful and fun to watch. I watch it with my kids all the time and probably watched it by myself a few times. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome. awesome um where can you watch 
walk with me going back to our our uh, choices just to give the listeners and viewers an idea of where to go from here um, like, oh no there's no more baptist and buddhist to watch what, what, what else do i watch go to um i know you can rent it from amazon or buy it from amazon maybe hulu um i watched it on canopy which is free for students or teachers i think and there's some other kind of library card. You can library. You can get on yes. canopy with your library card. So yes. it technically is free. Just get a library card, guys. Oh, but that's too hard. <laughs> guys, get a library card. You can access free materials, free ebooks, free I mean free books. Duh, it's a library. Um, but you can listen to free audiobooks on your phone. Library like library cards. Mm-hmm. Come on. You can get ebooks through different apps with your library it's really like uh almost a forgotten art of librarying or whatever the verb would be it really is i saw some i don't know i saw an ad for a like an ebook service it's like it's the netflix of ebooks it's like um the library was way ahead of you and it was for free <laughs> like yeah stop oh my goodness. don't pay yep. for audio for ebooks guys well it would be i would consider it the netflix of library or of books if they delivered a book to you and then you would deliver it back but that's like the old netflix ways so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah canopy is where i watched it um for free the chosen the chosen um that is very it's a very interesting way to watch the chosen i don't even know any other way but get the app the chosen app you can watch all of their movies. You can watch the short film that started it all. You can watch everything. You can watch behind the scenes and you can either pay for it or you can't, or you don't have to. It's all, it should be all free. People pay for, pay it forward on the app. So you don't have to pay. Um, And that's how they get a lot of their funds is through that pay it forward. But yeah, download the app and you can, you can cast it to your TV or your smart TV or whatever. And apparently it was the very, it was the first um, app that you could uh, cast from, apparently. Hmm. But for some reason right now, we are... I'm showing I don't have any internet connection and the stream just stopped. I'm still here with you. Oh, yeah, it's true. I wonder if there's a, like a limit on one of, the, one of the streaming apps or something. But... but yeah, I just... For The Chosen, I just watched it on a on the website i just googled the chosen really i didn't know that <laughs> i guess you could probably watch it from i think oh, we're still man. live are we yeah on youtube we are oh okay well i think we might i think we might have been cut off from twitter for some reason oh yeah maybe they didn't like me playing clips of the movies that we had because i put some silent clips up there but it, it was trailers come on it was uh, the uh free use or whatever it's called so i don't know before we wrap it up i do want this is very we're pertinent on, we're still on facebook by the way too where this is a very uh, pertinent piece of uh kind of i guess news i don't know um because, you know, this is the Baptist and the Buddhist, and we're talking about movies. And coming up in a couple weeks, um, oh, shoot, I guess maybe less than a week, 
February 1st, I know, um, is a, a viewing here locally at a, a local church of a new documentary um, called Mission Joy. And this is completely in line with what we're doing now. It's a, it's a movie based off of a book that was the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. And they have an they had an incredible relationship of dialogue and just playfulness. They're just hilarious together. And there's a there's a documentary coming out. Um, there's a a live event happening on the first, I think. Yeah, February first, uh, hosted by a local church here, uh, showing the movie. It's also you can also watch it for free online if you register for the event. Um, you'll have the ability to stream it for three days um, and a, like a live Zoom discussion or something along with that that night. But most importantly, there you know, you can watch it for free with that. Um, uh, I'm not sure how else you can watch it. I'm sure there's there are viewing events elsewhere, but um, I thought that was just just right up our alley for this episode. Yeah, um, that's very apropos. And it's, yeah, it's unfortunate because Desmond Tutu also passed away not very long ago, maybe a month, oh, maybe wow. less. Um, Man. Yeah. Maybe we should stop recording. No. <laughs> and Desmond to Tutu, death, but... you know, Desmond Tutu was a, a, a brilliant person who was very involved with the apartheid movement in South Africa. And I mean, hmm. you know, became best friends with the Dalai Lama. And so I'm really excited to see that on screen chemistry they have because the book was just was really good. Uh, the book was called the book of joy. Is um, it a, is it a dramatization of like, no, it's a documentary it's a documentary. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And if you guys are interested, just let me know. I can probably send you that um, local event from the church here around in my area and you can watch it for free online, you know? Sweet. Well, you can also watch us online. Um, for the free. Baptist and the Buddhist for free. Um, we're on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're at all podcast places you can ever imagine for the most part. Um, find us, comment, like it if you want, if you like it. Um, send us a message, send us emails. I mean, we have an email address coming up on the screen now, baptistandbuddhist at gmail.com. Um, it's all across here. And okay. This way. Um, Don't know. Email us um, or just inbox us at whatever. Uh, we've gotten a few on Instagram and we always enjoy it. Just a quick shout out. So thank you for uh, doing that, viewers. Also, in other news, I think tomorrow there's some special, exciting Baptist and Buddhist content coming from another podcast. Oh, was that tomorrow? I thought that was February. I think it was January 28th, right? Well, we might want to hold off on that until we get confirmation. <laughs> coming soon. Coming, coming soon. soon will be a, a, an amazing podcast interview 
where Mark and myself went on to the RE podcast. Um, a great, great podcast about religious education. And uh, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And it is coming very soon, if not tomorrow, next month. If we remember our dates correctly, I don't know. Um, yeah, if it's not tomorrow, it's in a month. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be sure to share that on all of our social media, uh, a link to that podcast. It's oh yeah, definitely. It is worth worth a listen. It is. It was. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it does come out tomorrow. By the way, I just read. I just reconfirmed the email, so we'll we'll be posting that on our stuff as well. Yeah, um, the directly, RE podcast. Directly. Yep. I mean, we'll do the RE podcast link. We'll we'll upload the um podcast. Eventually, I don't know if we're going to do that tomorrow. We're going to probably wait a little bit to yeah. get our side of the podcast out, which is just going to be that podcast, but on our channel. But yeah, we're going to shoot out some links to the RE podcast. And uh, just a quick shout out to them. Thank you for having us on the podcast. And it's going to yes. be a great show. Thank you to Louisa Jean Smith, the host of that podcast. Yeah. It's it's a, an um, awesome podcast with an awesome uh, objective of spreading the fun of of religious education. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it was fun being on there too. I had I had a blast. Yeah. It was fun. Um, it was structured too, unlike our podcast, so we didn't ramble as much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was in, I was impressed with the structure. <laughs> I was impressed with your structure. Like, wow, Brian can stay on topic. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <sighs> I can well, sometimes. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I believe you. No, um, well, at that, uh, anything else to add? I already did all of our promo advertisements, so. I think with that, um, stay tuned for more episodes because we're going to go into some more fun stuff. Um, possibly some music, I'm thinking, next time. What's that I hear? Is that music? I like music. <laughs> Dragon Heart <laughs> reference. If you guys... <laughs> no, just don't even bother. <laughs> okay, well, this has been... The cat, no, the Baptist and the Buddhist with Mark and Brian. And we will see you guys next time. Bye bye. Uh, in two Thursdays, right? Two Thursdays. Yeah, two Thursdays. Yeah. In, two, in two weeks. See y'all. Bye bye.